Ben, if I wanted to hear a podcast between you and Justin Koo talking about life, love, and other mysteries, where would I go to find this podcast? You would definitely go first to the internet. If you don't know how to use the internet, you'd open your web browser, Google Chrome, uh-huh. Mozilla Google Firefox, Chrome. something of that sort. Safari? And then you would go to Justin Koo's Instagram, which is at jkoo. And then there's a link... <laughs> No, I think that's probably the worst way to find the podcast. <laughs> I would imagine, like, you could do that on your phone, oh, right? Yeah, these people are never going to find the podcast, and that's cool because that means you probably won't get canceled because no one's going to listen. <laughs> it's crazy is that th- all three of us do podcasts and we can't figure out what to say. Well, hey guys, this has been very helpful. I'm excited <laughs> to, to, to listen to the Dusty Boys podcast. Count me in. Death to Life is brought to you by Loved Reality, a good gospel ministry. Our mission is to tell everyone willing to listen that in Christ, by faith, they are free from sin. Everything that we make is made possible because of the generosity of people like you. Thank you. The world doesn't think that the gospel can change your life, but we know that it can. And that's why we want you to hear these stories, stories of transformation, stories of freedom, people getting free from sin and healed from sin because of Jesus. This is Death to Life. I just remember the Lord asking me like, Christian, your dad had the gift of a beautiful marriage. Your dad had the gift of a beautiful wife. Your dad had the gift of a beautiful child. Why would anybody reject a gift that good if they don't believe they deserve it and that was the only answer that came to my mind and god was like the enemy has been feeding you the same lie he fed your dad which was that you were undeserving of the good gifts that i have given you yo welcome to the death of life podcast my name is richard young and this episode is with my favorites christian and angie Now, if you haven't heard their individual episodes, um, you should. They are episode 8 and 58. But this episode is about relationships. And it is from the vantage point of, of what has happened in their lives over the last year. And it's a wild story. It's a beautiful story. And so if you don't want to hear a beautiful story of a reconciled relationship, and God shedding light through his son Jesus, then this might not be for you. But if you want to hear that, that's what this is all about. So uh, buckle up, strap in. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Here's Christian and Angie. All right. Where did we leave off with you guys? Christian, your episode is like episode, what is it like? seven or something like that yeah honestly i don't know but it's one of the first few i feel like i want to look it up it's super early angie what episode number are you i think i'm in the 50s i could be wrong You're in the 50s. but I, I think christian's eight and i'm 51 is going to be my guess i have a feeling like that you're probably like Spot straight <laughs> like right on because you're like, I don't know, it's perhaps it's 50. Uh, it's four is 51. Were you before or after? Se- were you in the second season or the first season? Second. 
Yeah, she got Angie's healed from her past number fifty-eight. She got an art piece. Yeah, that art piece made me cry. That art piece, though. Yeah. And Christian, you are number eight, eight and fifty-eight. Only fifty episodes apart. Angie, we left you, and you'd gotten free from thinking that men were pigs. You'd gotten free from body shaming yourself. I can't remember the other. Can quick recap, just bullet points free from. A lot of it was where my value was found. It was found in people's opinions about me and needing to be like perfect. So a lot of that was like finding my identity in Christian. So if he told me that I was beautiful, then I believed that I was beautiful. Um, And if he didn't, then I definitely questioned if I was. Um, And that was just in all areas of my life. Finding your identity in Christian, I think we're going to hold on to that thought because I think it comes up here in your story, which I think in a cool way. And Christian, we left you back in 20, we recorded that mug in 2019, no, 2020, 2020. It was fall of 2020, I'm sure of it. And you had gotten free from it all, I think, (laughs) Uh, like a bunch of stuff in your life. Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying that I think we left off on a good note on the fact that I was free from sin and that the person I always hoped to be is who I believed I was now because of what Christ did in me. And and then I left off on the fact that I I was dating somebody, which was Angie. All right. Where do we want to start this thing now? Because the thing is, I actually don't think you did mention that I was your girlfriend. In the episode? I did. I don't know that you did. I think you said that you were were dating someone because that kind of goes into what you were experiencing. No. No. I swear I mentioned you, right? Okay. So let let me, I'm going to jump to this time and you tell me, Christian. I said I swear and I'm not supposed to. I'm sorry. I'm going to jump to this time and you tell me if you want to go backwards a little bit to give some context. And then I think we can move into some of what Angie's story is, but I get a phone call from my boy Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in the summertime and there was some confusion going on in your life. Can you go into what the confusion was in your life? Man, I'll start it off by, by saying it seems as though my head was so clouded and I couldn't see past the fog that was there. I was confused about, I was confused about why I wasn't able to commit to marrying somebody I had been dating for six, almost seven years and which was Angie. But yeah, I, uh, that was the confusion. The confusion was like, why am I not there mentally or just anywhere? Like, why can I not see past this fog of I don't know what it is and be all in? And it was, yeah, it was a pretty sad time for me because as much as I wanted to actually be all in, I was always in my head. Yeah, and since the since we recorded your episode in 2020, we have been on the road together. You've been on the road. 
doing gospel. Your life has been all around gospel. Gospel has been your thing. Checking your motive. Check, like, this has been a way that you've been living, but we get to this situation last summer where you're like, why am I tripping? And you don't have to answer that question now. We'll let the story unfold on what what was going on. Um, But yeah, what were you thinking? What was your plan? You're just like, I don't know why I'm like for a better, because I don't have a better term. Why am I having cold feet here? Why don't I want to move forward? I was staying at your house for a little bit. Yeah. During this time. I think we talked on the phone first and then you actually came out. And when you came out the first night, it was like the elephant in the room. We're going to talk about this thing, dog. What is up? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is that I had no clue as to well where to begin. And I had some things that I, I thought could have been the thing, which we'll talk about later. But uh, for the most part, it was I feel like that's just where you were. Like, I don't know why. You didn't actually have any other thought other than like, why? Because when I would ask you, you would always say, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. And I would just be like, just tell me something. And I'd be like, I I literally (laughs) literally don't don't know. (laughs) And so, Angie, we just talked about you not getting your identity from Christian. Did you know he was feeling some sort of weird way? Could you feel that? And how did you reckon with that? Like, how did you, what what was going on with you as this was going on? I definitely noticed something was up with him because it's like you were saying, it was like, he just, he was acting different and he just wasn't his normal self. I really know who he is and he has so much joy and I just felt like, He just was so different. Something was completely off about him. And I was like, this is weird. And sometimes I would just ask him like, hey, are you okay? Or what's going on? Or what's up? And then he would spend a lot of time just on his phone. And I was like, Christian's not one to literally just be on his phone, just scrolling all the time. He always talks about how he loves to be in the moment, fully present. And I just felt like every time that I was with him, he wasn't fully present. And so I would bring it up a lot and tell him, hey, what's going on? Like, why aren't you here? You're here, but you're not here. And we would have the same conversation over and over again. And it was really frustrating for me because I wanted an answer. And I would pray about it and I'd be like, is, I I think it was hard because it's like I knew my identity wasn't found in Christian, but there was this lie the same lie, literally just wanting to come back and speak to me. Oh, maybe Christian doesn't want to marry you because you're missing something. Or maybe you're not enough of this. Maybe you're not enough of that. So I was just thinking, is there something that I need to do? So I remember even one day I prayed like, God, is there something that I need to like be like basically fixed? What is it about me that needs to be fixed in order for Christian to see that I can be a good wife? And I was like, that doesn't feel right. (laughs) It's a lie from the pit of hell. Yeah. And so one day I just decided to tell him, I was like, we need to have, like, we need to talk about this. What is it you want to do? Are you saying you want to date forever because you're saying you don't want to break up with me? And this, this is the first time we ever talked about it, which I think was in January of last year. 
and um he was he didn't have anything to say again it was the same thing just i don't know and he he did say some things that sometimes i just feel like i'm not ever gonna know or that i will know he's so it's not fair that i keep you waiting but i also don't want to break up it was just very undecided we both decided to secret place about it and something that god had told me was stay and wait and you have nothing to prove to anyone you don't need to convince yourself i mean convince anyone of anything you get to just be and receive and so then i was like okay yeah and here's the thing is although i didn't know just to define it real quick although i did not know the lie that was clouding my mind as to why i couldn't commit because that's what it was it was a lie that's what we're going to talk about but although i couldn't see what the lie was clearly and identify it whatever there were things that i would participate in that uh just to be blunt like mess with my conscience violating your conscience yeah. yeah i would here's the thing for for people who are listening to is yes i was free yes i the gospel had changed my life yes here I am doing ministry for these three years after receiving gospel in like 2018. But I did happen to get into moments where I ended up going back to the things that mm-hmm. um, I used to do or mm-hmm. think in the same way that I, I used to think. However, the, the, the beautiful thing about moments like that is that I knew now that they had no hold on me. Right. I, I knew now that I was actually not that thing. Right. <clears throat> or not the things that I would participate in. However, um, moments like that violated my conscience. And uh, it got to this point to where I think because I allowed for that, um, I ended up having this cloudedness in my mind where I can't commit to this girl because now all of a sudden there's a lie there that and i think this point is important to make sin sucks it sucks before you're free and it sucks after you're free and this is the example i like to give if i don't know that ramming my head into the wall hurts when i do it man it will hurt it will hurt the same though if i know that it hurts and yet i still do it like sin sucks all around and yes there's something to know about if you slip up you're still not condemned and you're still in christ and turn from that thing yet don't let your conscience be violated like move with a sensitive conscience i i remember the we uh you came to visit we drove down to atlanta and i remember specifically we were driving to our friend paula's house where we were going to stay and something was just hitting you and we're like, and I felt, okay, now we're actually talking. We're actually getting somewhere, but nothing just ever really landed. And I remember when you left, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Natalie was like, what's happening? What's going on with Christian and Angie? And I said, I don't really know what to tell you. I think Christian is just, he's still confused. Yeah. Yeah. And then we saw you 
in Wyoming and it felt like something was different. You want to talk about what happened and because it's, it's, it's still going to get crazier, but yeah. So, yeah. So right before we had that trip uh, to Wyoming, me and Angie have this moment where she sits down and she tells me, Christian, I need to have an answer as to whether we're going to. Before you get into that, that whole, after that, after like the whole, after January, for me, that whole time was just, it was hard because anytime that I was with Christian, I wanted to enjoy my time with him. But I was in, I, I was constantly in my head. He was in his head and I was in my head because I would question every single thing about our relationship because I was trying to figure it out. Since he wasn't giving me an answer, I was trying to figure it out. If he hugged me, I was like, oh, today's going to be a good day because here we are. He's starting off with giving me a hug. And then it's, it would come another day where he wouldn't even like look at me. And so then I'd be like, oh, it's going to be a bad day. But it, it was like the tiniest things. I was just constantly in my head. And so I think I just literally got so tired of hearing all these lies and knowing their lies and speaking truth over them, but also not necessarily always accepting the truth, just being like, I know that's a lie, but still. Still feels pretty bad. Yeah. So I was just, I was exhausted is what it was. And I was like, I know that this is not the life that either of us are supposed to be living. It's not good for me. It's not good for Christian. I love him and I want good for both of us. So we have to come to a decision. He had left for, I don't even remember. I think it was just like a trip. You went to Arizona. He left and then he came back. Mm -hmm. And when he came back, usually whenever he'd go somewhere and he would come back, I would be very excited to see him. But this time around, I don't know why it was the weirdest thing. I literally was just like, Christian's coming back. Great. But I wasn't excited. And that made me sad because I was like, why am I not excited? My boyfriend's going to come home and I haven't seen him in two weeks. And usually I'm like, yay, he's finally going to come back and we're going to get to spend time together. But I think this time it was just like, he's going to come back and it's going to be the same thing. We're not going to have anywhere that we're going and we're both just going to be in our heads and it's going to be this awkwardness. Because it's almost like you were saying, there was like this elephant in the room, but it wasn't being addressed. It was literally just there and the both of us were avoiding it. And we're like, let's just leave it alone and not talk about it. Because if we do, then it's going to kick us in the face. <laughs> so I wasn't really just, okay, that's it. We were like sitting down watching, I think, Toy Story. And I was like, I can't watch this movie. I can't act like things are fine. I need to talk to you. I was like, I'm really sad. I've been really sad. And I just, I can't hide it anymore. I can't act like things are perfectly fine between us. I need for you to like, give me an answer. Yeah. <clears throat> and she was like, well, are we going to do this or not? And I could not give her an answer, bro. And I think that did we give it like a day no. so what happened is that we were, i told you i was like what is it and then we both were just like crying and then he said i think it's really late and we're both very emotional we should talk tomorrow and i was just like okay i said okay but in my head i was thinking oh my gosh another day like i have to wait again <laughs> and 
I think it was Father's Day the next day. <laughs> and this up? is all before Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all before Wyoming. Okay. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, what we did in Wyoming, we just had a big gathering with a lot of our friends from Love Reality, and we just got together. It was but awesome. We had been planning that trip for a while, so both Angie and I were looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, but So here we are the next day after that one night, and... Again, uh, we go watch Buzz Lightyear in theaters because it came out. We have a great day. Well, it was the most awkward, like, time. But also, I got, like, really sad during the movie because I felt that whole day, I just felt like Christian's going to break up with me. Like, this is it. And so if this is the last day that I'm going to get to spend with him, like, I'm going to enjoy it. So That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you know you're taking your dog to the vet, put him down. You're like, yeah. give him his favorite food. <laughs> Not talk about that. <laughs> no, because that's yeah. Sorry. Um, R.I.P. Wallace and what I don't know your dog's Napoli. name. Napoli. Napoli. Yeah, we we come, we come to that night and we was, went back to your house yeah. and we were like just there chilling on the couch and watching TikToks. I think we even made a TikTok or something, and then. We just looked at each other and we were like, are we going to talk? Should we talk here? Should we go to your room and talk? <laughs> mm -hmm. It was so awkward. So we go to my room and we start talking. And I started. <laughs> she started talking. Basically, so long story short, that night she asked me again, what are we doing? What's, the, yeah. what's your decision? Give me your decision. And bro, literally, I sit there for two to three hours Un like five unable to speak a word and the only thing i say is like yo i'm such a right now <laughs> like we can't put that in the pot dude <laughs> <we can't. laughs> no. just it out. Just it out. okay eddie bleep that up but i'm just that's the only thing that came out of my mouth was like yo I'm <laughs> he literally said that though like and it sucked because I I could not give her an answer. My mind was so clouded, so fogged. I couldn't even say yes or no, bro. It was like... But the thing was is that I knew what his answer was. And I think I just wanted for him to say it himself. I wanted for him to be able to own up to it. And you it. knew the answer was... Was no, it's, it's... I can't do this. Because of how he, like how our relationship had been... The fact that he literally couldn't say anything and it just literally looked like he felt bad to tell me he didn't want to be in the relationship anymore. And I literally remember telling him, it's okay if you say, no, I'm not going to hate you. You're a good person. This changes nothing about either one of us, just that we're not going to be together. Mm -hmm. But I really, I think it was, I just wanted to hear him actually say it and own up to it. And he couldn't. And I couldn't because deep down I wanted to say yes, but I didn't know. I didn't know what was keeping me from being there. And mm -hmm. that's the thing that sucked the most. And he actually had said that to me. And I was just, okay, thanks. That's more confusing. <laughs> yes. So anyways, that night finishes. And by the way, Carlos, who's my best friend, was a, was in the next room listening to us cry and he's right with Paul. He, like, he heard us like sobbing yeah. just like it's okay like I love you yeah. <laughs> she goes home that night and I thought it was over yeah the next day is when I call you and Eddie 
So I call you and Eddie on the phone and I'm like crying and I'm like, guys, like, I forget exactly how I opened the conversation up, but basically I tell you guys, like, I don't know what to do. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm so confused right now and it sucks. I, I remember saying it sucks that I can't say yes, but I want to. And I remember Eddie telling me, he said, look, bro, as long as you make a decision from um, integrity and a pure heart, you're good. Eddie and I both believed the same things. I didn't say what I believed because I'm always for breaking up. <laughs> like I'm the biggest fan of breaking up. And I'm not sure if I told you in that conversation to break up. You did. <laughs> but my advice is always break up. Yeah. Uh, and I think it just I think it just makes things clearer. It just makes things super clear. Uh, but what my heart wants and what everybody always wants when it comes to you, Christian, is for you to be with Angie because we all think Angie is the best. We all love Angie. We're all just, and I remember even Eddie and I talking afterwards on the phone. I'm like, dog, they need to break up. And Eddie's, you're stupid, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, I know that I like, I want them to be together, but I don't think dude will be able to see it if they don't break up. Yeah. And we all wanted the same things. Even you just didn't know it. And so, well, how did you make a decision moving forward? Also, mind you, during this whole time, it's not like I'm not in the secret place. Right. Or I'm not seeking the Lord. That That's a part of what was so crazy, too, is that even in the midst of seeking the Lord um, about clarity, it was just so foggy. And I didn't want to make I didn't want to make a decision based on how I felt. And so that's what sucked about that night is that I literally could not come to a decision. She was like, basically, no decision is a decision. I'm out. Okay. And for me, I was like, yo, I father, give me clarity. I and so I remember just taking the most longest shower because that's where I spend a lot of time with the Lord. And I'm there taking the longest shower in the world, bro. Just thinking about what you and Eddie were telling me and just praying. And bro, the Lord just tells me and just affirms me on that. Christian, like you are a man of integrity. Hmm. You have a pure heart. And that's the only thing he like affirms me on that day so when we get to wyoming you me and eddie we get into the cabin and you give us this news that i did not see coming and that news was we go back together the next day yeah no it was before <laughs> wyoming bro before wyoming i call angie the day after i call you and eddie and, and it's so funny because i see my phone ringing and i see it's christian and i'm like what the heck is christian doing calling me i thought we were broken up I'm like, maybe he needs a ride somewhere or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now I remember this. We all thought, man, Wyoming is going to be mad awkward. Yeah. And I remember debating if I should go or not. Because I was like, that's my community, too. And I don't want to feel like I can't be somewhere because Christian's going to be there. But I know that I'm going to feel super uncomfortable and also really sad seeing him. So I was just like, 
man, I don't know if I should go or if I shouldn't. And yeah, he called me and I was like, okay, let's see what he wants. And I was like, hello, like really confused. And he was just like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, what's up? Hey, what's up, ex? (laughs) She's checking in the day after we broke up. Um, And I was just like, I'm at work. What's up? And he was just like, "Mm, nothing much, just that I want to marry you. And I was like, this isn't a game. Like, this isn't a game. And he was just like, no, I know. And then I was like, okay, so then what happened? And he was just like, spirit. And I was like, duh, but what did he say? <laughs> yeah, so I after I hear the Lord just affirm me on, yo, like you are a man of integrity and you have a pure heart, like just make a decision. And so I remember and just thinking in that moment, yo, you know what? F the feelings. Forget what I'm feeling. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna do it because it's, even though I'm not there mentally or whatever, I just want to do it. Call this girl. Tell her because I'm like forget everything I'm feeling right now. I'm not gonna make it off of feelings or whatever. And I right, go for it. And and it was still very weird. I was just like, if he was able, I think it was because I was expecting like once he makes a decision, he would know. And then he would be like different towards me, but he was still very the same, still very in his head and quiet and weird. And I was just like, mm, this kind of feels the same. <laughs> well, in, well intentioned, but I for sure was just trying to force something. Yeah. But I will say that it was nice getting to spend Wyoming together. <laughs> yeah. Praise God that didn't, Not having that that didn't suck. So that's what you told us in the room. You're like, yo, we're getting married. And Eddie and I are just like, Eddie's for like super pumped. Of course, bro. Like we've all seen this. And I was just like, bro, I was confused as a mug. No, I break up. I I don't know what I was feeling. And I try to remember by what I had said to Natalie later. And I was just like, because had you guys talked to your folks already about it? (laughs) Yeah. So he went to my parents' house. And that's what he told. He told my dad. He was like, <laughs> "Is this before Wyoming?" Yeah, we went to your brother's before Wyoming. Yeah, okay. and then he tells my dad, "He's yeah, we used to have sex like all the time. <laughs> it's still all the time." I was like, "What?" That's how you started. It's out. Like, but we're now free from sin. You feel me? So we're good, right? <laughs> and like, so like, can yo, I marry your daughter or what? Yo. Whoever's listening to this podcast, they're everywhere right now. Yeah. Okay. Listener, there was a lot of confusion. And if you've listened to their previous episodes, you know how they were living. If you don't know how they were living, they were living in a way they shouldn't be, which brought a lot of condemnation. And the sin was destroying their relationship from the inside out. They both get free and they make this decision to live sexually pure and that's where this is coming from so you would have to know that context of them living in condemnation and then receiving freedom and deciding to live sexually pure to understand how crazy it is that christian would go to his father-in-law potential potentially father-in-law and be like hey man i'm just living in the light now and this is what i was doing in the darkness 
which you're a wild boy. Obviously, I wasn't straight in his face automatically like that. We were having a conversation. They were asking us why and all this other stuff. But here's the thing that her dad was very wise and that he said, you Mm -hmm. know what? Give it some time and then come back to me. Yeah, he had told us. He was like, I'm, I'm hearing you guys out. And I think you guys should come back to us in two weeks. He's like, give it two weeks and then come and talk to us. So I think my dad could still see that something was not right. Stevie Wonder could see that something wasn't just right. That's why I was like, what is happening? Yeah. But it's all good. <laughs> yeah. And I had told her dad that day I had told her dad about my experience with how we had broken up and then I called you guys and how ultimately I had made the decision because I said you know what I love this girl so forget how I'm feeling right now and not being clear on it and I explained that all to him but I do respect the fact that he was able to navigate that situation and be like I hear you dude but take two weeks and then Mm -hmm. come back I thank the Lord for that because that's the fatherly wisdom in him and few weeks go by and bro when we're in wyoming i remember you guys asking me too like how are you feeling about it all and i remember telling you guys i don't i still feel the confusion like i still feel cloudy Mm -hmm. i still feel uneasy but i want to make i want to make that choice i want to make that commitment and i remember you guys just questioning me on it and you guys were like there's no other girl there's you're not living in sin at least eddie was pressing hard on those questions right mm-hmm. and and i'm over here bro i'm just no i'm just i just have this confusion right and <clears throat> then yeah that leads to the, her, the the two weeks that her dad was, was telling us. And I don't know if we actually wait two weeks or a little bit longer than that. Two weeks had passed. Mm-hmm. And then I was just, hey, are we going to go and talk to my parents? It's been two weeks. And then he would keep saying, oh, next week. And then the same thing. Oh, no, next week. He's, oh, no. We'll know when it's time to go and talk to them. He's, I don't, he said, I don't think it's time yet. We'll know. And I was just, okay. And then I was like, this kind of feels like the same thing. He's avoiding it in a way and it feels like i'm the only one that's pushing for it which i really didn't like because i also knew god had told me you don't have to push for anything or try to convince anyone of anything and i was like this just feels wrong because it feels like i am doing that trying to take it into my own hands when was it that god told you the whole thing about when you asked them am i gonna marry christian or whatever oh that was actually before before what? The first breakup. Okay, uh, share that real quick. And I think that's actually what pushed me to tell him, like, make a decision. Because there was just a while where I would look at married couples, and I was a nanny at the time, and so I would see, like, them with their kids, and I would see just, like, a lot of parents with their kids, and I noticed I started having feelings of jealousy. Man, that should be me. Or, like, when am I going to get that life? I have lived a good life. I deserve those things. Mm -hmm. Why can't I have them? And so I just remember one day I was feeling super down. 
And I decided to call Eddie. And I was just like, hey, I just, I'm feeling like very down right now. And I need to talk about this with someone. And I could just honestly use some encouragement. Eddie was like, okay, we're going to ask Holy Spirit three questions. He's And you tell me what he says. And I was like, okay. So the first question was, is marriage and family something you have for me? And he said, yes. And then the next question was, when? The answer was soon. And the last question was, is it with Christian? And the answer was, it's up to you. And the it's up to you was, it felt very funny to me. Because I was like, how is it up to me? If it was up to me, we'd get married tomorrow. This, And you this, just felt the Holy Spirit saying these things to you? Yeah, literally. It was like the first thing, the first, the first thought basically is like how I could describe it. Um, and so I was just like, okay. And so then whenever we broke up, I was just like, ha ha, this is up to me. We're broken like, up. <laughs> in your face, Holy Spirit, you didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> no, like in my face, it's like a big old fat joke kind of thing. Very funny. Yeah. And so then I started feeling, I guess I don't know my father's voice. And I, it was just like all these lies wanting to come up. You don't actually know what I sound like. You don't actually listen to me. And I knew they were lies because I'm like, obviously the father who loves me would not tell me that. You don't know who I am. Or like, you don't know this, you don't know that. And so there was just like a lot of lies that wanted to come with that. And so it allowed for me to doubt myself and my relationship with the father. And so... Yeah, I don't know where you will. Fast like. forward to yeah. after these two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, Christian still not wanted to go talk to your folks. Yeah, so however how long that took, I just remember during that time just coming to the point to where it's like, you know what, I can't, I just can't do it. And so one day I go to her dad and I basically tell him, like, I want you to know how much I love your daughter and how much I respect you and your family. But unfortunately, like, I'm just not there and I don't know why. And it makes me sad. And I was just basically telling him, like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And so <clears throat> that day I break up with Angie and it's a, it was a very it, it was a different breakup, though. And I thank the Lord for who we are in him. Because although it hurt a lot, it was very peaceful in the sense that when we broke up, there was no animosity, yeah, no sense of, I don't ever want to see you again. It was just like, hey, we understand each other. We love each other. And until we're ready to actually see each other as friends, I'll see you around. And it was, it was it was way more harder for her than it was for me. I know that for a fact. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. very sad. And I felt really dumb because when I saw him talking to my dad, I had actually sent a picture to oh. Carlos. And I was like, ooh, and I put the eye emojis and then the ring. 
thinking, oh, is he talking to my dad saying he wants to get married? And then maybe an hour later, he's we need to have a really hard conversation. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so dumb. And I was just crying immediately. But it was it was amazing to know that I I wasn't like, man, I hate this guy. He has done this to me three times now. But it was just genuinely sad knowing that we were not going to be together. And I didn't know when was the next time that I was going to see him because I really appreciated just doing life with him. And so I was like, I'm no longer going to get to do that. And I think that's the part that made me the most sad is that I didn't know when I was going to be able to do life with him again. Yes. For three months, we didn't see each other. How did we, how did you guys tell us? I just reached out to Eddie and Morgan and I was like, that's it. Like we're done. We're officially done. And I knew I needed people who were going to encourage me in a way that was going to call me higher and not just bad mouth Christian. And that was something that I just made very clear to everyone that I didn't want to talk mess about him. I was like, there's no point in doing that. It doesn't make anything better. It doesn't change the situation. It doesn't make me feel better. Let's just not do it because Christian is still an amazing person. He still has an amazing heart. He just made a not so great decision. I think that's what I remember. I remember sitting in my living room and we got a text from Morgan, I think. Mm -hmm. And Natalie and I are sitting there and it's Christian and Angie broke up. And we're both like, what? And then, yes, no, I wasn't. I, I thought that the breakup had already happened. The one that needed to happen had happened. The one that was for like 24 hours. Yeah. So then, then Natalie and I called you. Yeah. I was like, I don't need to call Christian right now. He's solid. Christian will be cool. And if he needs me, he'll call me. I don't know why I didn't call Christian. I, I'm sure we talked about it. I don't even know if we talked about it later, actually. I didn't talk to anybody about it. But I was like, let's call Angie. And I said, hey, how are you doing? And you were just honest. Mm -hmm. You're like, this sucks. And you were crying. Yeah. But there wasn't any faking it. There mm -hmm. wasn't any trying to hide it. It was like, but I'm good. Yeah. And so we were just able to encourage you. And you're like, you're good. While this is sad, you are good. Yeah. There was... Yeah, I, I briefly just mentioned I didn't talk to anybody about it. Everyone already knew where I was. A big push as to, like, making the decision, I think, was a phone call I had with Jonathan. And I remember Jonathan telling me, like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't want to get married. And he said, finish that sentence. And I said, with Angie. And he was like, okay then, what are you waiting for? What are you doing? He said, it, it would be unfair to her for you to drag her along until you find this mental clarity that you're looking for and that you're asking God for. He's you got to let her experience what she's ready for, even if it means it's not with you. Mm -hmm. And all that in light of 
what love is mm. and how we see other people. It was just, for me, I was like, I got to make the decision. I got to be willing to be okay with letting go, even though I'm not clear on my stuff. Because it doesn't speak to who I am as a person. It doesn't speak to my value. It doesn't speak to who I am in Christ, right? Like, I know the Lord will see me through, and I know the Lord will see her through. I just have to be willing to make the hard decision because I love her. And it wasn't easy. It, it wasn't easy, but I did it, and... For three months, man. Yeah. So back to that. For for three months, we didn't talk to each other. And we had no contact with each other. And I remember taking those three months to just plug myself in with my community. So everyone that I did life with, man, I try to get connected as much as possible. And prior to that breakup, I had just lost my job at a church I was at. Mm -hmm. um, and I had also experienced some pretty heavy depression that I had never experienced before due to a lot of death with people that I loved a lot. And I'm not saying that those things were by any means a justification for the decision I was making or whatever, but I needed community really bad. So. I don't think there are excuses, but there are reasons like yeah. why you are depressed. There's reasons yeah. and it doesn't give, ex we're never, there's never excuse for doing something you shouldn't do, but there are, if we are living in this or like this happens or, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is that what's interesting about uh, this decision that was made was like, I I had to be taught that it was just a decision. Hmm. It, it wasn't tied to a good or a bad thing, meaning evil or, or righteous. Like when Eddie was like, make a decision based off integrity and a pure heart. That's how you make decisions. That's how you move. Mm -hmm. If the decision is no, but it comes from a place of integrity and a pure heart, then that's the decision, mm -hmm. right? If the decision is yes, Praise the Lord, but that's the decision. But what I learned also was like that was that I learned that it was just a decision. And part of the fear in making a decision was that I was going to make the wrong one. Mm. And I think a lot of people feel that way, not just like relationships, but when it comes to like big life decisions and what you're going to do. You get to this moment where you're like, oh, shoot, if I take this one, then I screw up everything that like God had been working for my life. And yeah, there was this lie that was like, if I don't marry Angie, I'm not doing the right thing kind of thing. Um, so you so got yeah. that community. You were in the secret place still like these three months were a good thing. It was a very good thing. And yeah, I spent time with you guys. We were up in Oregon. Uh, I don't know if you went to that one. Did you? I think uh, I was there for a, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, we, yeah. We did an event in Oregon together. And then I spent some time with Aiden and some of our friends here in Texas. 
And I was out in Hawaii for a little bit too during these three months. And um, during these three months, I was just seeking the Lord for clarity. Hmm. And it wasn't clarity so that I can get back with Angie. It was clarity so that I could understand why my mind was so clouded. I didn't like it. I didn't like being there. And I just wanted the Lord to show me like, yo, what am I, what's keeping me from seeing clearly? Or what, what, what was keeping me from being able to commit to Angie? I just wanted to know for the sake of knowing. just knowing and growing and understanding. You know. So how are these three months for you, Angie? They're very interesting. <laughs> interesting. That's the word. Yeah, they were very interesting. I definitely missed Christian throughout those three months just because he was... Did you think it was over? Were you like, we're, I'm like, it's not like over, but maybe we'll get back together. What was your mindset about that? I think there was a point like from the... It was like very early on from the breakup that I got very anxious because I was like expecting a text or a call just because that was the third time. It's, is it over? Is it not? But then more than a week passed and then a month passed. And I was just, I think I really need to start telling myself that's it. This is done. And realizing that's okay. And I remember people were already telling me, oh, you're going to find someone better. Someone who really is going to love you. And yeah, that's great. But I was not ready to hear those things. Um, I was just like, no, right now I don't want to try to go to another guy. Which I'm really thankful for because in the past, I definitely would have looked for someone else to make me feel better, um, to speak some value or whatever over me. And I just knew from the moment I didn't want for anyone to fulfill me or try to complete me, but for literally me to just be like fulfilled and be content with where I was, like just mm -hmm. me and the Lord. So I think a lot of th that time for me was like a lot of seeking as well and just speaking truth over all the lies that were coming up that there was something wrong with me and that's why Christian didn't want to be with me or that I wasn't pretty enough or that I needed to lose weight, just the tiniest things. Because I think throughout that time, since he didn't have a reason and whenever we broke up, one of the things that he was saying, he would tell me was, there's nothing wrong with you. It's not that I'm not attracted to you. It's not there's nobody else. I just literally don't know what it is, but there's nothing. It has nothing to actually do with you. And so I was just trying to figure out what it was too. And I think that's what caused a lot of the anxiety for me. It was just trying to come up with a reason for myself and realizing I can't <laughs> come up with a reason. And so one of my prayers throughout that time was that God would give Christian clarity and again, not for us to get back together, but just because I also wanted for him to be okay because I knew what it was like to be in your head and to not have an answer. Um, and I didn't want that for him. I also think you really loved him. Yeah. I have this, I'm just reading this text from September 6th and it's just, hey, I want to text Christian and tell him yeah. that I paid off this thing or Oh, yeah, da, da, yeah. Da, da, da. And should I do that? And my answer is always no. Yeah. And I think that was... that. Was and you're like, should I feel stupid for wanting to do that? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you really love him. Yeah. Like, no, stu that doesn't, you shouldn't feel stupid. <laughs> you still shouldn't do it. Yeah. But you really loved him and you still yeah. really love him. I think that's what was like the most interesting for me 
throughout that time was just growing out of the habit of reaching out to Christian and telling him about little things that mattered to me because he was the person I was doing life with. And so of course, it was natural that I was going to want to reach out to him when things in my life were happening. So it was really hard when I couldn't, and I knew that I shouldn't. And so I'm really thankful for your Hitchin that, that you were there throughout those times that I could tell you, hey, I want to do this. I know and I You shouldn't. wanted to go to his show or text him on his birthday. And yeah. I love your heart. And I was like, please don't. Just <laughs> love him in your heart. And, and because like my whole thing was like, don't let him know. Like, yeah. that's just for you. And I remember you even telling me one time you were like, I said, yeah, you're right. He needs his space. And you were like, Angie, you need your space. <laughs> like you're, you were just very, okay, you love him, but come on. You can't let him know that right now. So yeah, I was just super thankful for you throughout that time. Oh, praise the Lord. And so, yeah, I, I don't think we all thought, oh, this is another thing that you guys are going to get back together or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I think the whole point that we want to make right here is that you don't have to hide your feelings or yeah. act like you don't feel a certain way or act like something doesn't hurt. And sometimes when we say feelings aren't Lord Jesus is, that means, oh, I don't have feelings. I'm a freaking robot or something like that. That is not the case. It's just that even if you are sad, you're not discouraged. And mm -hmm. it's not discouragement in the way, it's just like that you're done. Like you're just, even if you are sad, you're not complaining. Even if you are sad, the sadness doesn't make all of your decisions for you. Yeah. And so, um, because it was sad, it was legit. Like we were all sad. Yes, yeah. yesterday me and Aiden were, he asked me, what does misery loves company mean? And we were Googling it and the misery loves company is the idea of somebody who's miserable, just wants somebody to be miserable with them. Yeah, and, so they can feel their pain. Yeah. Kind of thing, and, and, and wallow with them. And the cool thing about our experience in freedom, even in the midst of us going through this breakup and stuff, is that like, we never wish that on, a, on yeah, each other. I didn't want that. And we didn't try to get people to feel sorry for us. Yeah. Because that's not what it was about. And I think it's funny because I would tell my family that a lot. Like, I don't want for you to feel bad for me. Yes, I am sad, but I'm okay. And they'd be like, you're crying though. How are you saying you're okay if you're crying? And I'm like, because like I still have joy. Christian didn't take my joy. Yeah, I'm sad that we're not together and I miss him. And I was like, that's normal. That's fine. But I am okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's a peace that surpasses all understanding. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, you still had peace. Christian didn't take your peace. Yeah. Didn't take your joy. So I want to jump to this part. We'll go with you first, Angie, and then we'll hear the backstory. But it's close to, I don't know if it was a week before Thanksgiving. It might have been the week before Thanksgiving. Yes. And you're, you went to the, the movies. Tell this story here. It was season three, episode one of The Chosen. It was coming out in theaters. And... I was ready to go watch it with Christian's cousin and his mom. His mom originally wasn't going to go. I didn't know that she was going to be there until we were texting in a chat. And his cousin was like, oh, Lucy's going to be here too. And I was just like, oh, okay. Right. I love Christian's mom. And a part of me also was like, I don't know that it's wise for me to still hang out with them. I love them and they are my friends. But I don't know that I'm like, 
holding on to a part of Christian through them. So I was like, you know what? We're going to watch this movie. It's going to be okay. Let's not make a big deal about it. Watched it. It was super good. Cried. And then we're leaving and his mom's, I have something for you. And my mind immediately goes to, oh my gosh, it's probably from Christian. And I was like, okay, wait, let's not go there though. Because if it's not, then we're going to be super disappointed. (laughs) It's like, so let's like act, oh, okay. (laughs) And so she hands me this and this, it looks like a letter basically. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And so then I'm just like, oh, thank you. And then she's, oh, that's from Christian. And I was just like, okay. And (laughs) so I just like already start crying because I'm like, thinking, oh, what is this letter going to say? Like, why is he writing me a letter? And then the only thing I really remember that she told me then was that she had been praying and that she's, that God had told her she did not need to worry and that everything was going to be okay um, because he loves both me and Christian. And so she was just like, just know that you're going to be okay and God loves you. Um, And I'm like, I want to see what this letter says. (laughs) I get in my car. I get in my car and I'm like, let me just skim it really quick because it's super late. I'm in a parking lot all by myself. I need to get home. This is not safe. And so because I'm like feeling anxious and in a rush, I just look at the letter and the first thing I see is I have not received clarity. And I was like, oh, why? Why is Christian reaching out to me, like, to tell me the same thing? Like, I was doing okay. Like, I was sad, but I'm so okay. And I was, like, slowly just, like, letting myself, like, move on. I'm like, but why is he bringing me back to this? Like, I didn't need this. So I just start bawling my eyes out. And I'm like, okay, I need to calm down. I really need to go home. This isn't safe being here. So I start driving, and I'm like, wiping the tears off my face trying to see the road because my eyes are so full of tears and I'm like this also isn't safe and I'm like struggling to breathe and I'm like okay I need to call someone to like literally tell me I'm okay and that I can breathe because I know I can breathe and that I'm okay but I literally feel like I can't so I just need to like actually hear it from someone you can breathe you're okay that's like the best way I can describe it and so I tried calling my cousin. She's not answering. And then I was like, I don't think I actually want to call my cousin, though. I think I want to call Rich. So then I started calling Rich, started calling you, and you're not answering. And I'm like, oh, no one's answering. (laughs) And then you call me back, and you just hear me, like, literally, like... I could not understand a thing you were saying. It was, I think it was a Saturday night, right? Yeah, it was a Saturday night. And it was like, we had just finished this whole thing and we're doing ministry. And I, you don't call me often. So if I get a call on a Saturday night late, I'm like, and I didn't answer it because I didn't feel it in my pocket. And then I look and I'm like, so I call you back. And what did I tell you? I'm like, Angie, pull over the car. He said, where are you? And I was like, I'm driving. You were like, you need to pull over right now. (laughs) And I'm like, breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth three times slowly. Yeah. (laughs) And so you did that. And I'm like, what is going on? 
Yeah, and I was just telling you how Christian wrote me this letter and that he's telling me that he hasn't received clarity and that I haven't finished reading it, but I, I'm just scared and that I'm scared about what my family's going to say. Like, why would Christian? I was like, I don't want to go home because if I go home, they're going to see that I was crying. They're going to ask me why I was crying and I'm going to have to tell them. And I don't want to tell them because then they're going to think Christian is such a douche. He's a jerk. <laughs> like, why is he doing this to her again? Like, why? And I'm like, and I just don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear their opinions. I don't want for them to say anything bad about him. And then if I start saying, please don't talk bad about him, they're just going to say, oh, you just love him. So love is blind and you're defending him again. Like, when are you going to stop? Just a whole bunch of fear. And I remember you telling me that I had nothing to be afraid of. And the reason that I had nothing to be afraid of was because, one, I was okay. And the reason that I was okay was because my future is secure in Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that's honestly what calmed me down. Because I was like, he's right. No matter what this letter says, like, my life is going to be okay. Because Christ is with me. And so he has good in store for me, mm. no matter what. So I was actually able to drive home and I made it home safely. And then I decided I was going to wait to read the letter until I was ready, until I was like fully calm and by myself, because I knew that it was just something that I needed to do on my own. And so it was just really funny <laughs> because since we, I had watched The Chosen, the first thing that he says is, do not be anxious. Like, th that's the very first line, do not be anxious. And then that week, I was also reading, I think it was Proverbs something, I can't remember, but it's talking about like, not being anxious. And then finally, whenever I decide to read this letter, Christian starts it out with, here, let me just, let me just read this first part really quick. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. And Philippians 4. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And so then I'm like, okay, yeah, like literally everyone is telling me, like, don't be anxious. You have nothing to be anxious about, nothing to fear. And then... Hold on, before you read the rest, is this where I should give the backstory? Before I feel she... like this is a good point, yeah. Good, yeah. Uh, good call. <laughs> wow. Um, okay, so yeah, so again, during those two months, I'm asking for clarity, and here's what I start doing. I every day, like my secret place, starts looking like me talking with the Lord, like on the phone, like every day. So like I start writing notes as far as like how my day is going, like what I'm experiencing, like the thoughts I'm having during the day. And it was the coolest thing because it was just me and the Lord, bro. Just me and the Lord. Just me and the Lord. And 
up to that point, one of the one of the biggest things about my relationship with Angie is that besides the fact that I was clouded, I could never picture us married. I couldn't see it in in my head. I couldn't visualize it. I couldn't like our wedding. Our our wedding. I couldn't see it. Like even her in a dress. Like I couldn't picture her or seen her in a dress or anything like that and here I am asking the Lord for clarity and again I'm doing life with a lot of my friends and community and I'm having conversations with everybody about it and I remember one day the Lord just tells me like bro just admit it bro and I'm like uh admit what <laughs> he's like, just admit it dude just like just say it. You know you've been entertaining the thought of other relationships. Just admit it. And it was funny because up to that point, I had never, I had never considered that a a a thing that I was believing. It was the first step to clarity, if that makes sense. It was pretty cool because in in this one moment, all of a sudden, clarity begins to happen. Right? Spirit, just admit that. During your relationship with Angie, you were always okay with somebody else coming along and you beginning a relationship. And I was like, dang, that's wild. That sucks. (laughs) But it took the spirit calling me out for me to actually bring this thing to light. And... Just that simple confession of, of of a thought I was entertaining led me to the understanding of, yeah, if I'm too busy entertaining the idea that somebody else could come along, mm-hmm. that's a that's what's the word? That's a clear that's a clear red flag, or that's a clear flag of the fact that I'm not truly walking uh with the gift that I've been given I can't truly see my gift for what it is if I'm not even like 100% grasping onto it if that makes sense I'm too busy entertaining all the other possibilities instead of actually being present with the thing that's in front of me. Right. And that one thing just gave me that much bit of clarity. And so I remember just still during those days, man, just keeping on praying. And one day I'm in Carlos's home and we had just moved out of a house we were living in and uh, again, I had just lost the job I had, and so like I, li- I'm literally like in limbo of like where to live because I have no place to live at this point. That's why I also was like going with the communities that was I was at because I I had nowhere to go, and I was like, let me just travel with people. Let me just. And while I'm at Carlos's, I remember um, being by myself and me asking the Lord, all right, I'm by myself now. If there's anything you want me to like see, like, y- you know, you can show me. So, yeah, so I'm here in this moment by myself. And all of a sudden I get this picture of me and Angie giving each other our vows. 
So we're in this moment at this point. I describe it as like I had this moment where I saw something. Some people would describe it as a vision. So let's say I have this vision. So it's a vision, right? So here I am in this moment in Carlos's apartment where I see Angie in front of me and we are in our wedding. And again, I had never been able to see us getting married. Here we are. I'm seeing this moment happen. And she's standing right in front of me. And as I come into this scene, it I understand I'm understanding that it's our turn to give each other our vows, right? So at this point, when I come into this moment, she's already given hers and it's my turn. Mm-hmm. How I know that, I don't know. It's just it's what it felt like. So it's my turn to give the vows. And in my head, I'm thinking like, yo, I want to see what she's seeing. So I go to the bathroom and I look in the mirror so I can see myself in this moment. And as soon as I know that it's my turn to speak, I don't even have time to think of what to say. It's like spirit just pulls the words out of my mouth and I say, I don't deserve you. And I was so shocked when that came out of my mouth. I was so speechless in a way. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing Eddie's voice in my head saying, there it is. <laughs> like, like, that's the lie. <laughs> that's the, it was crazy, bro. I had no time to think of what I was going to say. And as quickly as I know that it's my turn to say the vows, all of a sudden this thing gets pulled. And I say this thing gets pulled out of me because that's what it felt like. Right. It just flew out. And I was like, I don't deserve you. And the moment I said that, and then I heard Eddie's voice, and I just started crying, bro. I started crying immediately, and I'm looking in the mirror, and I'm like, God, keep it coming. Just keep it coming, because clarity's happening. Mm-hmm. And it was, that was such a dope moment for me, because that's a lie I didn't know I was, like, believing. That I didn't deserve to be with someone like Angie. And it, it shocked, that's why it shocked me so much that when it came out, I was like, oh, shoot, what the heck? Doesn't that tie back to old fam- familial ways of thinking? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Big time. I think in, the, in my podcast, the first one, one of the lies that I say that God freed me from was the lie that I was unlovable. And fast forward, here I am unknowingly entertaining the thought of, I don't deserve somebody like Angie. And so that was that moment, man. And another day, I'm driving down the road. And at, at this point, I was an Uber driver. By the way, I'm like a, I'm a top tier Uber driver, bro, in case you didn't know. Um, check my stats. Check my stats. I'm what they, I'm the guy they send to VIP clients because of how good my track record is, bro. That's... No kizzy, bro. No like, kizzy, bro. I don't drive Uber no more, though. But when I did... Oh, my gosh. What a sweet ride it was. I, I hung my jersey up. So, <laughs> anyways, I'll, after a late night shift of Uber, I'm driving home, and it's 10, almost 11 o'clock at night. And driving home, I mean driving back to Carlos's apartment. <laughs> and I'm driving... And I'm looking at downtown. It's just the most beautiful thing ever. And I'm playing this song. It's shuffled on. And I had only heard it once before that day. 
and it plays again. And the cool thing about this song, uh, this song is called, what is it called? Around. It's called Around, and it's by this artist named Cortez. And he's a Christian R&B artist. And the song is pretty cool because at the beginning, it describes this guy who's confused. And he's struggling with identity and isolating himself. And then the pre-chorus entertains the idea of just hold on, just breathe. And then the chorus goes, you've always been around. And he's talking about God. Hmm. In the midst of all this, you've always been around. And then the second verse talks about commitment. And his commitment to God. And the lyrics to that verse go, uh, it says, and it's to the grave for you, through the hurt, through the trials, through the tests and the rain for you. It's unashamed for you. And as long as the sun's going to rise, I'm a lover and I'm still going to try just to love like you do. And I remember hearing those lyrics and the moment the the, the second verse starts, bro, mm -hmm. I have this picture of Angie walking down the aisle and she's wearing a white dress. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Let's go. And I'm driving down this highway. Downtown is beautiful. And I'm listening to this song. And as I get this image of Angie walking down the aisle in a white dress, it's to the grave for you through the hurt, through the trial, through the test and the rain for you. It's unashamed for you. And as long as the sun's going to rise, I'm a lover and I'm still going to try just to love like you do, bro. And I remember having this image in my head and the thought that came to mind was, I want that. <laughs> I want that. And I just start bawling, bro. And I'm like, Yo, and, and for like, it was crazy because the fog was cleared, man. Mm. What I couldn't see through and, and it was much more better than what I was asking for. I was just asking God, give me clarity for why I was tripping, tripping, you know, but he was like, no, I'm going to show you what you really desire. Mm. And I was like, oh my God goodness crazy and i remember just after having that moment man it never went away and i was like i want that not too long later uh, maybe a couple of days later i started talking to carlos and my sister about the whole situation and i was like I'm going to reach out to her. And i talked to my mom too and my mom was like christian i swear you break her heart again I'm going to hurt you. Uh, like my mom said something along those lines or something like that. Don't, she said something like, don't do that to her again. Like this better be like the last one. And I'm like, mom, like I've never had clarity like this before. It's insane. And, and so I begin to write this letter, bro. And what's crazy about this letter is that every time I read it, it blows my mind how much I believe the Holy Spirit just wrote it himself because I read it and I'm like, yo, this is too freaking good. I couldn't come up with this myself. I just know I, I couldn't. 
obviously the spirit works through me and like i receive that but like the fact that like i'm reading this and i'm like yo it's like somebody writing the bible like that's how fire this is bro like it's crazy <laughs> and in the process of writing the letter the lord just gave me even much more clarity on certain things one of those things being uh how I used to always be afraid of people telling me like you're just like your dad. Even in the, um and they're they're not being mean by that. They're just comparing like my appearance to him or like how I walk or how I talk. It could be like the simplest oh, you have your dad's nose. Yeah. And he would always be like, No. No, I look like my mom. I look only like my mom. And I was like, It's normal, like that's your dad. You're gonna have some like features. Like, that's cap. I don't look like him. Chaff. That dude's ugly, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah, so like I, I had these moments and I remember the Lord just giving me clarity on the fact that at some point in my life, and I wrote this in the letter, is that at some point in my life, I had decided that I wasn't going to be like my dad. But because I tried so hard not to be like him, I... Because I was trying so hard not to be like him, I was believing the lie that I was just like my dad. Mm. So it was this idea of I'm running away from what I believe I am. It was weird. And I would look at my dad's life and my life at this particular moment. And when I would compare it, it just, I couldn't help but think, yo, am I headed down the same path? Like. My dad was not ever committed to my mom. He was on and off with her. I just recently found out that they sep like he separated from my mom when she was pregnant and he dipped and he never gave her a reason why. He never gave her a reason why as to why he left. And I look at my the life that uh, my relationship with Angie up to that point, and I was like, yo, I've been on and off with Angie. I have been unable to commit, whether sure I was clouded or whatever, but I, I wasn't able to give her a solid reason as to like why, why I could never commit. Right. And praise the Lord that we were free and lived different lives because if we weren't free, I'm pretty sure we would have had a kid and who knows what that would have been like but um i'm looking at that situation and i'm like it looks pretty similar to me yeah and i remember the lord and i also wrote this in a letter where i just remember the lord asking me like christian your dad had the gift of a beautiful marriage your dad had the gift of a beautiful wife which was your mom your dad had the gift of a beautiful child. Why would anybody reject a gift that good? If they don't believe they deserve it. And that was the only answer that came to my mind. And God was like, this thing about generational curses, he says the way the enemy has been, like the way that works, he's, was that the fact that the enemy has been feeding you the same lie he fed your dad, which was that you were undeserving of the good gifts that I have given you. He's like, but now you actually have the privilege of breaking that through receiving the good gifts that I've given you 
because you believe the truth mm-hmm. that you are worthy of love that you do deserve good things because you are my son you are my child and i'm a good dad and bro it was crazy just my understanding of that because it just opened a whole new world of how i see <clears throat> that situation with me and my dad but also how i see my wife now okay we're going to take a break right now and i'm going to introduce you to my friend bernice and bernice has been running with us for a while and i just wanted to ask you this question how did you come across good gospel um it was my daughter my oldest daughter had actually we were in a conversation one day and she said she said something that i had never heard before you know that the bible doesn't call us sinners and i was like what and that was about it and i thought we gotta think about that <laughs> and she encouraged me to listen to some messages that her pastor had been preaching at her church and i didn't get to listen to them but a few weeks later we were at her house visiting and then after we left her home about we had a seven hour drive and about an hour or two into the drive she sent me a link to the death death to life podcast for jonathan leonardo's episode and so my husband and i were in the car for another six hours or so so we said well let us well listen so we we played it and it was something. <laughs> I was really impressed with his testimony. And and so that's just, we just heard it. And then it went to another episode automatically. And we were like, what is this? After that, I was just super curious. And we went home. And then I just wanted to know more about it. So I just looked it up. I looked Love Reality up and on YouTube and listened to a bunch of sermons. So that was my introduction to it. How has good gospel been a blessing in your life? It's really, it, to me, it feels what it is, like freedom. It feels like you just not stressed about religious stuff and just love. It's really the, what the bottom line is, just realizing how much you're loved by God and because of that and how much you're forgiven and because of that, you're able to look at people differently, look at situations differently. And the other thing that really has uh, touched my life is thinking and knowing and living like God says you are. So living what the Bible says, what the Word of God says over my life and believing that's how I live. That's so beautiful. You've been a blessing to us in so many ways. And one of those ways is that you have decided to partner with us and donate to the ministry every month. What influenced you to make that next step in in donating? One of the things was the uh, Love Reality came to our town, I don't know, about a year and a half ago, maybe. I can't remember now, but I had the privilege of hosting them at my home. And what I observed was just not what they were saying. It was what they were saying was just not it. It was just the way they were living and 
the way that they were, everyone that was there at my home was relating to each other and the community they have. And I actually craved that. And it was such a blessing to me. And I just felt like what we have, what we're given, what we make, it's to give and to serve others. And I've been blessed so much by the Bible studies and all the different things I have listened and watched and the podcast sermons and the community um, that I wanted to share and I and I wanted to continue so if financially I can do that then I'm going to do it so that that was pretty much it for me praise the Lord you know what with people like Bernice donating we're able to keep on doing the podcast and we really believe that the stories will never run out if we keep preaching this gospel Bernice I just want to thank you You've been a blessing to us, and I'm sure you will continue, not just financially, but with who you are, to bless us in the community. Thank you so much. And if you would like to donate and, and be a part of this message being moved forward, you can go to lovereality.org slash give. All right, let's jump back into the episode. I think that was probably... The first time I had ever really saw Angie as the good gift in front of me hmm. that I get to embrace, that I get to unwrap, that I get to hold, that I get to treasure. And, and it was beautiful to me. So yeah, <laughs> clarity, man. God gave me absolute clarity. And so here I go writing this letter and what was crazy is that I remember the whole week prior to writing the letter, I'm thinking about how Philippians 4, 6, and 7, I'm like, yeah, Angie needs to hear this. Angie needs to hear this. And That's what the letter started out with. It starts with, do not be anxious about anything, Philippians 4. And What did you read that you thought he was saying he didn't have clarity? Okay, so here's the funny thing. So then... Since I was now calm and I decided to read it and just take it. Was like, this Saturday night or did you wait till the morning? No, this was Saturday night. I waited maybe like an hour or two and I was just like, I can't sleep. <laughs> I want to know. Like, I have to know. So, yeah, since I was like, I was in it. I felt like I was just in a good place now to like actually read it and not try to like skip ahead and get to the point of the letter. And then... I'm like reading it and then I see that it says, don't be afraid. All good things come from the Lord. God has given me clarity. And the moment I read that, I, I laughed at myself because I was like, am I dyslexic or <laughs> what happened? Like You were afraid. <laughs> yeah. So because I was coming in with it, like already assuming and feeling some type of way, I already assumed what it was going to say instead of actually seeing what it says. And yeah, I just, I kept reading and he started talking about everything that he just shared, how he believed that I was something he said was like, these are the lies that like the spirit reveals to me, lies, not the truth. And he said that he believed that he didn't deserve me. And then he started talking about his dad and that whole thing that like spirit had revealed to him about how he could believe he believed that he wasn't worthy of that love, that he didn't deserve it. And that 
maybe the other lie of maybe there was something else. Maybe there was more. Yeah, you know. Oh, I was looking at it. Again, that there was just those things. And for me, as I was reading it, it was just really an answered prayer. Because as I was saying before, I had really just been praying for God to give Christian clarity, not for me and him, but just for his sake. For me, I was just happy to see that God had shown him these lies that I knew he was believing, but I knew it wasn't my job to tell him, here's your problem. Like I knew that was something that the Lord had to reveal to him. There was a time where I wanted to be like, hey, we can work on this. This is what's going on. But then I had remembered what God had told me was that I wasn't going to have to try to convince or to prove anything and that I was just going to get to receive. And I had also prayed that God would make it so clear to him that he would have like a dream or something that would just make it very obvious that this is what it was and that that was just 100% it. Because I knew like how confused he was. I wanted for him to just be like 100% sure So reading this letter, it was just literally God reminding me that I wasn't going to have to convince him and that I was going to get to just receive. Reading this was me receiving the fact that he did all of that and he revealed it to Christian and that I didn't have to work, but that I could just receive the gift. Yeah, one, one of the things I wrote in the letter, I was just reading it right now, that makes sense of everything that was happening prior to us breaking up. I put in here, I said, I respect your dad a lot for telling us we needed to take time to think about our decision to get married. I wonder if he sensed the confusion and insecurity in me in that moment. He's a wise man and he was right because in that moment I had no clue that I needed time to be still and listen. I was trying to fight the fog and somehow forgot that I just needed to be still. Because those moments of confusion, it was just a lot of me fighting. I was just wanting to fight the feelings because I didn't like it and just trying to get that clarity the the best way I knew how. So I was like, there's nothing wrong with me pleading to the Lord in the secret place. And there's nothing wrong with me hearing something and thinking that that's the thing or in my head coming up with the, oh, I got it now or whatever. But after the clarity God had given me, what made sense was like, I just needed to be still. Yeah. And listen. So I I praise God for that, man. So I read the letter and I just was like, oh my gosh, like, I want to talk to him. Like, I want to tell him like, wow, yes. Because the way that he ended the letter was, do you have this set? Let me see. He said, there's a lot to talk about, but for now, I guess it really is up to you after all. So then I was like, oh, shoot, the ball's in my court. Yeah, I was just like, I just, I really want to like talk to him and see what all, what else he has to say. Because I think for me in that moment, it was like immediately like, yeah, I want for Christian to be my husband. I want to be his wife. Um, But I was still afraid of what would happen. Yeah. There was still some fear. But it was also really nice in that I felt peace about saying yes. I trusted that this was clearly from the Lord, a gift from him and not necessarily something that I tried to do or that Christian tried to do. Cause I was like, there's literally no way Christian could have made all of that up. 
to just try to get back with me. <laughs> That's there's just no way. And so I I texted him and I was like, I read your letter. I think we should talk. And so we met up and it was just so funny because immediately when I saw him, I couldn't help but smile and just be like so happy to see him. And it was very different this time because I could just see he was different. He seemed very sure and actually really happy to see me, mm. <laughs> which I hadn't experienced for a while with him. And Yeah, it had been three months yeah. since I seen you. So us meeting was like the first time we had seen each other since the breakup. Yeah. And I think the cool thing about the whole decision was that it was my desire. It wasn't me trying to make the right decision. Yeah. I wasn't forcing something good to happen. Mm -hmm. I actually wanted it. And I think that's what was really nice about it is that God actually revealed to you, this is really what you want. And it became very clear to me that, oh, this is really what he wants, which is something that I had wanted for a really long time because every girl wants to know their man loves them. And you know, that they're like, oh, I'm for you. And like, I want to do anything for you. Um, and that was something that I hadn't really experienced with Christian. And it was just like immediately that was given. Um, so that was really cool. Um, and so, yeah, we just, we met up and we were just like, all right. And uh, what was it like six weeks later? Was it set, how, eight weeks? How long was it till you got married? We got, we got back together in November. We got engaged in December. In January. Oh, in January? <laughs> I thought we got engaged in just I remember the day after, because we talked the, after you looked at the letter, and it was like, Christian wants to be with you again? <laughs> and I felt the same way his mom felt. I'm like, yeah, Christian, yeah. you better not do this. <laughs> and, but yeah, the wedding was like February. one of my favorite things ever I've ever been to. Um... <laughs> Seeing, I think it was just awesome to be next to Christian as you walked down the aisle. Yeah. Um, and just seeing you through that whole thing, Christian, like it was just, it just was like joy all weekend long. It was just like, mm -hmm. this is what I want. This is my desire. And I mean, for those of you listening and you're like, dang, wedding and we weren't there. Like it was just a it was a small intimate family thing. Rich was there because he married us. We do want to have a big shebang one day where we have everybody who have wants to big old party. Who but knows it was uh happened? But it was awesome. The song, the two songs in the ceremony, they wrecked you. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, okay, okay. <laughs> um, but man, as we wrap this thing up all the things that you've taken and learned because this there was a lot this is a lot right yeah from all this what you've learned what you've grown in and you're seeing somebody who's perhaps struggling with lies perhaps is putting all of their value and worth into what somebody else sees in them what would be your guys biggest takeaway that you could offer to somebody in a situation like what you guys were going through? I think I honestly would say seek the Lord just because I remember people would tell me that and I would think like, how, how's that going to solve my problems? Like, sure, like, you know, like I'm going to 
grow and I'm going to learn things that I didn't know, but that doesn't answer my question right now. Um, but it does. I don't know how to explain that well. Um, but I just, I think that in doing that, he really shows you your desires and that just how much he actually loves you and the good that he wants for you. Um, and that's the only way that you're actually going to know the truth about yourself and really identify what lies are coming up when they come up, if they come up. So yeah, I feel like that's what I would say. Just seek the Lord and be content and fulfilled by him. Yeah, the, I think the one verse that was highlighted for me during this whole time was seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added unto you, which is what Angie's talking about, where during that time where I was still, I was seeking the the father. I wasn't seeking clarity anymore. He gave me clarity during that time and I was asking him for clarity. But he was he was the thing I was after. Yeah. It was more of him. It wasn't give me the answers so that I could be okay. It was like mm-hmm. you're you're my everything. Yeah. It's like Jesus doesn't give you the answer. Jesus is the answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where that Jesus is the answer made a lot more sense to me. Yeah, that's what I would say, man. Life is much more um, simpler than what we make it out to be. And I think the Lord that we're, we are where we are now. And we're happily married. <laughs> And they lived happily ever after. <laughs> and the Lord is our strength, man. Mm-hmm. Man, you guys really are. You guys, for the listener, they were just over at the crib in Tennessee just a few days ago. And it is natural. You guys love each other. You're for each other. I'll just give you a perfect example. <laughs> Angie cut Christian's hair in our upstairs bathroom. <laughs> and she came down the stairs and she was just crying. And she's, I ruined it! I ruined it! And Christian comes down the stairs, and you knew that Christian loved his long hair, but he loves his wife more than he loves his long hair. And he's, it's okay, babe. You did a good job. And she's, liar! I massacred you! And Christian's, no, babe, it's good. (laughs) And you can't fake that. Yeah. It's just real. It's because you really love your wife. And it's just beautiful. You guys are a testimony to other people. And I think the story will be, and I think just your lives lived and how you love each other will be a testimony that God is good, that he gives good gifts, and that he actually is the answer. Amen. Amen, yeah. Thanks for coming on, you guys. Thank you for having us, Rich. Man, I love them. I love this story. I love their hearts. And if you're in a place where you're like similar to Angie, where you're like, God, I've done all these things and you haven't shown up for me. um, He has shown up for you in the person of Jesus Christ, who has freed you from sin and given you every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. If you feel like he owes you something, he has already given you everything. 
And if that's how you feel, this prayer is for you, Father. Sometimes I position myself in lack because I am not in a relationship or I've experienced heartbreak. But I believe that through your stripes, I am healed. And I receive that. I know that I am complete and whole in you. And while a relationship is good and marriage is good, it, uh, it doesn't complete me. You have done that in your son, Jesus Christ. So I thank you for that truth that speaks a better word over me than whatever I'm feeling or whatever loneliness or whatever. I thank you that you have done what you set out to do and you've changed me. Please give me the new lens to see this through. In your name I pray. Amen.